Welcome to this month's edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the paper and packaging podcast. I'm Greg Johnson with Sustana Fiber, and I'm here once again with my co-host, Dr. Marta Pazos. So, Marta, how are you? You know, there's been some really interesting food packaging developments coming out uh, recently, and one that really intrigues me is edible food packaging. Isn't that amazing? Hello, Greg. Yes, I am so excited about our guest today. Let me tell you what. I remember when I first started in my uh, sustainable package career brand, if you want, that edible package was always like the one thing that nobody would want to take a look at even because it has that stigma of like, if it's edible, how can it be packaged? And therefore, like really protect the product and let's also mention the fact that edible packaging is not all that tasty so people are not that driven to actually eat it so i am so so excited and i actually love what you mentioned i love that name of calling it a snackage because it's a package that you can use as a snack Exactly, Marta. And what better way to explore new food packaging trends than with our guest today, Dr. Yanyan Zhao, a professor in the Department of Food Science and Technology at Oregon State University. An internationally recognized researcher specializing in edible food packaging, Dr. Zhao also has a keen interest in environmentally friendly hydrophobic coatings and also is an expert in molded fiber materials. Based in Corvallis, Oregon, Dr. Zhao is also an active member of the Institute of Food Technologists in Chicago, the author of over 170 journal publications, the holder of eight packaging patents, and the winner of numerous awards, including the 2021 Professional Achievement Award from the Chinese American Food Society. Yan Yan, it's great seeing you again. We're grateful for your time today, and thank you for visiting with us. Hey, Marta and Craig, thank you so much for inviting me as a guest in your paper and packaging podcast series. So hi, uh, Yan Yan. Uh, thank you very much for being here again. Uh, can you tell us, I get this question all the time. How do you go from studying school to what you currently do today and what it is that you use from your education and what you do on a daily basis? Sure, Martha. You know, I was trained as a food engineer for my PhD dissertation research. I worked on a technology called modified atmosphere packaging, which right now is uh, pretty widely uh, commercially applied. So while doing the packaging research, I was really uh, studying the dynamic packaging environmental and then uh, identify the optimal atmosphere conditions for specific food applications. I guess this is how I get into the food packaging world. So um, I studied my current position at the Oregon State University in food science and technology department over 20 years ago. So I've been leading a very active research team uh, with postdoc, graduate student and undergraduate research studying sustainable food packaging and processing technologies. I also teaching food processing related classes as well as uh, working very closely with uh, regional food processing industry. 
So when I studied my uh, faculty position uh, about two decades ago, so I decided to uh, focus on my research in edible packaging, including both edible coatings and edible film, because I was really uh, inspired by what edible packaging can do for our food, for the consumers and the environment. So after two decades, I'm still very excited in this uh, field and continuously improving the technology and develop unique applications. Yan Yan, I, I know um, both Marta and I are excited, to, as you are, to follow up on, on your edible packaging projects. And we've got a, a couple questions we'd like to ask you about that. But before that, though, just on more of a, a personal level, could, could you tell us what, what sustainability really means to you in terms of helping the environment, whether you're in the lab or at home? No question. Yeah, for me, uh, sustainability, it's uh, critical to improve the quality of our lives, protecting our ecosystem, and also preserve the natural resource for future generations. So going green and sustainable can maximize the benefit of environmental folks in the long run. So as an individual, I believe we are all responsible and able to help make difference. So personally, I believe we should do our best to reduce, reuse, and recycle in our everyday life. So professionally, as a researcher working on packaging, so when we develop a packaging material or technology, for me, it's very important not only just to consider the function of food packaging for protecting food, but also consider how it can maximize to, to reduce the use of natural resource and also to uh, reduce the impact to our uh, ecosystem. That's what we are so passionate about developing those edible compostable packaging, especially to developing them using food processing byproduct to achieve zero waste. So also in addition to conduct the research in sustainable packaging um, in my job, I also want to educate our student to obtain more knowledge in uh, food sustainability because they are the future leaders in food industry. So last year, I developed a new course uh, called Introduction to Sustainable Food Manufacturing. So this course not only uh, covered the basic principles of sustainability, but also I trying to help students to develop skill, apply sustainable uh, practices in different uh, food sectors. So this class has become a required course uh, for our food science student at Oregon State. Fantastic. That sounds like a, an excellent um, class for any anyone who wants to get involved in food science and, and also, of course, get a great background in sustainability. Fantastic. I'll tell you what, uh, Yang Yun, uh, listening to you gets me so excited. There is something to be said about talking with professors, right? Because how little research is being done beyond universities is is also beyond my mind, right? Like there's nothing being done. You got to always go to academia to where those projects are happening. And it is also so incredibly good to hear that how curricula it are evolving to adapt to what we need today. And let me tell you what, I, if it wasn't because I have absolutely no interest in going back to school, I had enough. Um, I would love to get once, to get access to some of these classes that are being offered today that sound so much more interesting and, and fascinating and, and exciting than, you know, mm -hmm. just calculus. So anyway, um, 
one thing that I keep thinking about, you know, every time that I hear edible packaging, the this almost horror nightmare keeps coming back to me because I've worked in some extremely uh, tunnel vision companies uh, that are only like recycle, recycle, recycle. And to me, actually, it was also because I paid attention to what, the way that you named the three R's. Recycling was at the very end, almost like the last resort when you can't reduce, when you can't reuse, recycle. That's the way I, I see it, right? So that's why I, I'm, I'm very drawn to the technology that you're presenting and also as a almost like my reaction right towards these just recycle edible packaging is not packaging because it doesn't properly protect the product how do you react to those things how do you explain those people that maybe they need to open their vision up a little bit I'm going to just probably share a little bit of stories here. So what is edible packaging, right? So edible packaging, of course, it's edible. It can be consumed as a part of packaging the food. So the material used to uh, make edible packaging has to be edible. That's clear. It's very important. So it's again, it's also regulated as part of the food. So edible packaging it's if you develop a design correctly, it really has a very similar functionality as those synthetic packaging material. It has a good barrier properties to water and a gas. And also it has a good or sufficient uh, mechanical stress to protecting food, right? So that's why for us, when we design um, edible packaging, we have to understand what are the targeted applications. So we want to develop that edible packaging suitable for uh, that specific applications. For example, in my lab, we've been developed like a edible oil pouch to replace those uh, plastic-based, uh, aluminum-based packaging. Those kind of packaging has not only just uh, protecting the food, but also have some antioxidant functionalities or even antimicrobial functionalities can further extending shelf life, which is beyond what the plastic packaging or, or aluminum packaging can do. So, and also uh, another example we've been doing, we develop like a, a edible muffin liner. So think about when you are eating a muffin, you don't need to peel off that muffin line through the away every time. So that the edible muffin liner can protecting a muffin, but it's it's really a research because we have to make sure the edible packaging can sustaining the bakery processing at a high temperature and has good sufficient water resistant can holding the wet battle. So in that case, it's really it's also kind of fun. We can make those edible muffin liner with a uh, beautiful flavors and the color. Of course, they have to edible, right? So, so provide a unique application. When I say that is, I don't anticipate um edible packaging replace all the plastics, but they do have their unique uh, unique applications and a unique uh, benefit, especially to replace the single use plastics. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, I actually, like, it's funny to hear you saying about the muffins because I remember, like, eating the whole muffin with the package, too, because that paper they, they tasted so good to me. 
<laughs> but that's funny that you are like that you talked about that. I I had like these memories to eating the whole muffin because the paper was good. <laughs> well, and and a lot of times you both know the the liner. The, the paper liner gets stuck on the muffin, so that's probably what probably happened. Probably why I liked it. <laughs> you know, or else you were super hungry, but maybe both. That well, that that is really fascinating, Yan Yan, and I can imagine how you mentioned, you know, pairing maybe a flavored muffin liner uh, with a chocolate chip muffin or a blueberry muffin. You could get some really cool combinations there. So that that is extremely fascinating. Well. On a on a related note, Yan Yan, I I know you're you're quite familiar with Sustana fiber and our recycled pulp that's added to all kinds of food packaging from paper cups and carry out containers to bags and even microwavable sleeves. But I wanted to um, ask you uh, if you could maybe share with our audience a little bit about what you're doing in terms of water resistant coatings for fiber based products and. Um, what you've discovered in some of your your latest projects? I'm glad that you brought this up. Yeah, as we said, you know, uh, paper fibers are excellent material for uh, recycling and all comfortable. And I'm so impressed by the the product your company making those 100% recyclable fibers. But the challenge, as mentioned, or the issue, it's uh, the poor water resistance. So that means when this kind of uh, packaging contact the water, or in a very wet environment, those fibers start swelling. So it causes the packaging uh, deformation and it lost its integrity. So this has been an issue for a while, right? So uh, so the, the there lots been lots of has been done to improve the water resistance of those fiber based packaging. So there are different ways to do, such as you know improving or modify the formulation of the uh, proper slurry, or using a uh, plastic liners right to uh, enhance the water resistance. But the challenge is some mm. of those approaches are either uh, expensive or not uh, compostable or biodegradable. That's why why we are motivated to develop a, a compostable or a recycled approaches to um, improve the water resistance of paper-based packaging. So as a person working in edible packaging for so long, one area of the challenge we're trying to overcome, it's really trying to um, produce improve we call hydrophobicity means uh, more water resistance so what we've been doing lately it's uh, really trying to develop a very simple and uh, lower cost um, super hydrophobic coating using natural ingredients so this paper has been published uh, last year so basically it's a two layer of the coating the first layer of the coating consisting of uh, uh, surfactant free beeswax or other edible wax particles which can provide a high surface roughness and a lower surface energy to the coating. And the key part is the second layer. It's composting, uh, composed of uh, some uh, calcium and uh, serial nanomaterials, which can act as a supporting layer for the first layer. So um, we have demonstrated this uh, coating can not only be water resistant, are uh, also high uh, temp uh, temperature stable. That means can sustain either high temperature or lower temperature can which means can expand the applications for for different uh, packaging applications 
Can, and and can you use this type of uh, a coating with the beeswax, Yanyan? Could you use that in a re, uh, in both refrigerated products as well as frozen foods? Does it work in both applications? Yeah, at least based on our lab scale study, we uh, tried to put those uh, packaging coated packaging at the freezer, like a minus degree C, for uh, twenty four hours. Then we retested their water resistance. There was no change. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. And how how close, um, if you could share with, with our audience, how close are you to commercializing th- this this type of um, coating? We are really, in fact, excited trying to commercialize uh, our technology, right? So we've been having uh, quite a bit of conversations uh, with industry partners. They are, we're talking about really how can we scale up the application or evaluation of our technology so that we can... Um, expand the technology for potential applications. Great. Well, I, I wish you luck in that. That sounds like a really promising um, endeavor, doesn't it, Marta? I wish us all luck with that because, you know, we need it. We need a solution like that. The more I hear it, the more I realize that, again, probably it is the tunnel vision of certain very volume-driven players uh, are driving right now, right? Their vision tunnel is detrimental to commercialization of a lot of these solutions that we absolutely need. And that's why I wish you good luck and in turn, good luck to all of us because we, we truly believe that we, we need that. And uh, when we, you know, a, a couple of questions ago when I was uh, challenging you with the whole, well, how is packaging edible package if it's not going to protect properly the product you address what i consider as a packaging person myself some of the most important important and key parameters right like we need to have a good barrier for those um components those compounds that are going to be detrimental to the freshness of the product and I'm assuming that that is one of the things that you're actually achieving with these codings, right? To 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 give that uh, barrier. However, there is also another thing related to those codings. We know that food waste is one of the biggest problems that we have currently with waste, right? We don't we don't realize how problematic that is because not everybody sees. Or not everybody knows, for that matter. I actually didn't know this until not that long ago, that when you start piling up and you deplete what has been piled on of certain elements, such as oxygen, it's not so easy for it to decompose. So people out there don't think that your banana peel is going to become organic matter in a little bit because... It may not. It may not have that time when it's being, you know, driven to the bottom of that pile and no longer has what it takes to decompose. So tell us, are you are you using uh, food waste or food waste byproducts to create this edible packaging? Yeah. So, um, Martha, uh, that's a great question. I probably want to kind of... Um addressing your question in two, uh, from two aspects. So when you uh, talk about how edible coating can help reduce food loss and waste. Then I want to talk about how we have used the um, food processing bioproduct to develop a sustainable packaging. So um, I want to talk about edible coating first. You know, as you mentioned, 
we are facing food waste crisis. Again, 40% of all food production get lost or wasted. Among this 40%, the household food waste, it's about 11% of global food production. So edible coating technology can help reducing these numbers, especially for fresh fruits and vegetables. So I want to kind of explain what is edible coating. So edible coating is really a technique to apply a thin layer of edible material on the surface of food. This layer can provide a barrier to environmental oxygen and water. By doing this, it can delay we call post-harvest respiration or water transmission of fresh fruits vegetables. By doing this, it can extend shelf life, delay quality deterioration. Also, edible coating can be applied on processed food. For example, if you're dealing with dried food, dried food is sensitive to water. So by applying edible coating, you can provide water barrier to preventing water absorption into the product. And also for high fat item, lipid oxidation has been a big issue, right? So edible coating, again, if you, if you design correctly, can provide a high barrier to oxygen. By doing that, can delay lipid oxidation, reduce rancidity, again, extending shelf life. By doing this, edible coating can play a significant role, delay post-harvest uh, quality loss. And also in my lab, in fact, we've been uh, apply edible coating during the production of um, agricultural crops by reducing loss during the production and also for, for processed food. So let's learn about the what and why edible coating can help reduce food loss and waste. And another part, you know, by using food processing bioproduct to develop edible compost packaging, this is a very interesting um, experience. I'm just so excited to, uh, to talk about this. I can give you the background story. About 17 years ago, when I was uh, touring a food processing facility, see so many food processing bioproducts. And I was starting talking to the people, what you do there? There was lots of issues coming. So that's the time I was so motivated. What do we can do with those byproducts? Those byproducts, I want to make sure they are not a waste. They are byproduct. It's not a waste. When I'm saying byproduct, they still have lots of values. That the one, for example, the byproduct, byproduct I work the most, it's called pumice. Pumice is the residue when you extract the juice for making juice or wine. The residue is a solid waste, has dietary fibers, has a phenolic. Phenolic is a antioxidant compounds, has um, health benefit, and also sugar, flavor. Um, if you think about it, if you make a cranberry juice, after you extract the juice, you've got cranberry pumice. You have those beautiful red pigment, cranberry flavors, right? So that's what I've been studying, working on that in the last 17 years. We're trying to fully utilize them. When I say fully utilize everything, it's not it's, it's just extracting something, but after extracting the flavor compounds, the color compounds of phenonics, there are lots of fiber are residues. So that's why we've been using those fibers to making compost or packaging. So we are continuously working on that area. Wow, that that is amazing, Yan Yan. How much how much we waste, how much we can use out of that waste, right? Like it's not even just about reducing consumption, it's directly reducing waste. 
this this would be like you know you have you're gonna have it regardless but can you reuse it right we do have i think it's becoming almost an endemic pandemic issue that people are not finding sciences of interest it's not glamorous it's not going to get you more likes on instagram or whatever the trend is today and actually this is a very interesting example how yourself and me we are both doctors right we we both got a phd and none of us was born in this country and i actually saw it myself when i went to study my 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 phd that most of the class was foreigners right non non-us born uh students um and i'll tell you what one of the ways that i actually get people interested there's actually two ways that i have found uh people to get interested in sciences lately one is because you know i worked on cosmetics i work on cosmetics so obviously you get a lot of girls already liking that but the other one lately has been for me to show them how in accelerated studies certain materials behave right and this is now i'm gonna i'm gonna patent this test by the way if you ever want to show anybody how plastic versus paper behaves in you know years to come put it in a blender with water and the plastic will come you know in little pieces but it's still very integral and the paper is pulp right you actually has beating it to you have beating it to a pulp literally so how do you how do you get more people interested in stem um, disciplines or how do you think that we should all together work on getting more people interested in science people out there we do need good scientists yeah Martha you raised a very good point we need to uh, really encourage students so I can share some personal stories you know this is a uh, um, I do lots of volunteer works um, in the uh, school. When my son was in the kindergarten, I remember, I can have to share with you, I remember I brought my graduate student to that kindergarten classroom, teaching the kids how to make edible film. It's really not difficult because if you don't just, just make the film, of course, make them has a specific functionality, that's a different story, right? But just to show them how to uh, make an edible film and tell them what is food science. Because really, food science is a multi-discipline uh, field. You have to learn biology, you have to learn chemistry, engineering, mathematics, right? So really help those. I've been given lots of talk to when, you know, during my son's I probably in all his different levels of classroom just uh, you know talk about the food science and I went to church talk to the church groups really telling them you know what is food science because sometimes people confused they don't think it's a science science they think it's just cooking you know it's not beyond a culinary right you do need a, like a like I mentioned so and also um just not too long ago a couple months ago I was uh, giving a talk to uh, a like a book club people, when they heard about my research, when I was just sharing the sharing with them what we are doing and give them an example, just to connect them with like the packaging I shared with you, like, oh, you can make an edible muffin liner. You can wrap the candy using edible film instead of plastics, right? You can make those uh, compost packaging using bio waste. So let's really help them to think, uh, yeah, you know, 
this is what we can do in today's uh, society. You know, if we but for doing this, you do need to enhance your scientific knowledge. You have to understand the chemistry, the biology, the engineering, the mathematics. Amazing how we amazing how we give、uh, we take things for granted, right? Really, that is what it comes to because you eat it every day. That doesn't mean that it's simple. <laughs> do you do you see Yan Yan?、Um, thanks to your efforts and Marta's talking about this. Do do you see though that that food companies are starting to realize that that we've got to do something in terms of STEM study to encourage kids to to pursue science food science careers more. Do you see that developing a little bit more now as as we come into twenty twenty two. Yeah,、uh, but one thing I can say, just from our students'、uh, job placement, right? Because we are in the food, the department I'm in, we are training a food science、uh, technology student. Of course, we have different、uh, focus area. You know, food science technology fermentation. We have no problem to、uh, place them. You know, they are definitely highly competitive, and、uh, we work with a、uh, uh, regional.、Uh, Food manufacturers very closely, so I think there's no doubt in my mind. You know, the industry needs the next generation of leaders for in food a business. Yeah, we need to train in more these kind of people. Like I said, has those skills can uh can can solve the problems of we are facing right now. Sure. Well, that's great. Um. This this past Christmas,、uh, my wife gave me a book、um, called "The End of Craving" by Mark Schatzker, and he wrote the the book、uh, "The Dorito Effect," and he's also dabbled in regenerative agriculture. And in this book,、um, "The End of Craving,"、uh, Mark talks about how food technology,、um, because of modern processed foods and things like that. Has has created、um, some some interesting chemistries, if you will, within the food that have caused us to crave、uh, certain foods, and and many of us、uh, struggle sometimes with different snack foods, of course. And you know, you've always got this mind versus metabolism battle that's going on. And I wanted to know, in terms of of your edible. Coatings that you've been talking about with us today. That do you think that perhaps there is a way maybe to help people to eat healthier, perhaps with some of these edible coatings and, and processes? Do you do you think there's a way that maybe we can steer people away from the Doritos and other things and and to eat more healthier food options? Again, you raised a very interesting question. So I'm trying to see how I can best a、uh, uh, response to your question. Let's put this way. If you look at my earlier publications, we truly using edible coating as a carrier of nutraceuticals. So, by give you example, fruits vegetables don't have much calcium, vitamin D, a、uh, white vitamin E. You know, so in my earlier publication, we've been using edible coating as a carrier of calcium and vitamin E. So while you're coating the food, the main purpose is delay quality deterioration. But sometimes you can fortify nutrients in the coated product. But I'm not saying this is the only way to doing that. But I just want to say, 
edible coating do have some unique benefit can do in that. Yeah, so that's one thing. And at the same time, I do want to talk about the process, the food a little bit, just from my personal perspectives. It's very true. Overprocessing can cause loss and a degradation of nutrients and the quality of food and also consume natural resources. But same times we need to keep in mind food processing is also very important and necessary in some extent. Because when you consider the needs of extended shelf life, consider the importance for issuing food safety, and also, like I say, the processed food can provide a nutritional benefit. Think about those uh, breakfast cereals, are highly fortified with different uh, vitamins and uh, minerals, has a way to sub, uh, you know, supplement uh, essential or you know, basic nutrition to our kids and to our consumers, right? But I also want to make sure. clear, you know, for us as a food scientists, what we need to do is really to develop a sustainable food processing technology, which can provide safe, nutritional, and high quality food to consumers. That's very important. So how are you going to balance them? That's the, the continuous efforts we have to work on. Well said, Yan Yan. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, like listening to you, I'm getting a lot of inspiration to do something. Uh, as you know, or as I hope you know, I'm actually a, a cosmetic chemist, right? So I, I, I do formulations and I use vitamin E to not only put it on the label as, hey, you're going to put vitamin E on your face, but also mm -hmm. to preserve the oil face of the cream that I'm making, right? Like what you were talking about, the oxidation of lipids is a real thing and things can go rancy very quickly, right? So I'm actually thinking maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think about, you know, some of your vitamin E enriched coatings to, um, for cosmetics. That actually can be a wonderful idea. See, now, people, that's why you should go to science, because then we work on all these really fun stuff projects, um, right? Um, so you already, uh, you know, here we are encouraging everybody to uh, get into food science and technology. Is there any other things that you would uh, tell kids to pursue this career? I mean, we got a lot of good stuff for you. Anything else that you can think of? I love to talk about the food science and encourage uh, uh, students to uh, study this major. So here's a couple of things I want to talk about the food science. So, so what I want to emphasize is really uh, food scientists play a very significant role to the society, to the consumer and to the environment. So we should have strong sense of the social responsibilities by developing safe nutrition, cost acceptable, sustainable food that can be used to solve our food resource problems. And again, as I mentioned, food science is an interdisciplinary field of study, combine various elements of discipline like biology, chemistry, microbiology, culinary arts, engineering, nutrition, and sociologists even. So by saying this, my recommendation to our college student is, this is a great field, but when you study, pay attention to all those important disciplines. Uh, in food science education. And also, uh, it's wise to get some practical experience in food industry uh, through internship or other opportunities. So um, this is a great field, job market is great, and also uh, it's a very creative uh, 
field of study. So you can use your creativity, your imaginations to develop a food really, you know, uh, uh, very, not only just the tasty, but uh, of course, safety, health, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, really help to uh, supporting the lifestyle lifestyle of all the people in our society. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about uh, something else too, as, as you're talking about that, like, uh, one of the things that I know that people are always have a little bit of fear of is that they are not going to like whatever they got themselves into, right? I always tell people, don't ever think that what you're doing now or what you're about to do is the last thing that you'll ever do. And with, with, a, with a background in food science, you might as well end up doing what I do, right? Which is putting, you know, ingredients to make cosmetics because at the, at the end of the day, the chemistry is the chemistry, the science is the science, and we talk about the same things, preservatives, emulsifiers, packaging. So again, go to food science, you don't like it, you may end up, or eat the fence, like I did too. I did work on explosives, which are also chemistry, so. <laughs> well, you learn a lot either way, right? Right? For sure, with science. Well, you know, Yanyan, uh, this has been a pleasure. We we could go on and on. I I've I'm still super intrigued by this edible packaging thing. But as we wrap up, um, I just wanted to ask you if you had any new research projects that you're currently working on, or any new product developments on the horizon in 2022. Um, if you'd like to mention those now to our audience, now's the time. Yeah, you know. It's always we have a long list, of, a long to do list. Yeah, but that's just a, a back to your question. Yeah, there's a couple of uh, areas we really want to emphasize in uh, the 2022. Um, one area I haven't had a chance to talk too much yet. It, it's really like a beautiful. I love this technology again, using edible coating with other kind of treatment to help uh, retaining those colorful anthocyanins in a processed uh, fruit. So I give you an example. So when you open a can of blueberry or cherries, what you see is those beautiful pigment leached into the canning solution. This pigment, in fact, it's called anthocyanin, has a not only just to give you the beautiful color, but it has health benefit too. But unfortunately, this anthocyanin are heat unstable and also uh, water soluble. That's why during the canning process in the leaching to the water. So we've been working on this technology um, for a while. We're continuously working on that, but especially 2022, really trying to help retaining this anthocyanin in the processed food instead of leaching into the packing medium. Because this has two benefits. One is improve appearance, right? Another thing is really uh, retain the uh, nutritional benefit in the food. That's one area. Now, another thing, uh, we are expanding our uh, compostable packaging by using uh, food processing bioproduct. So we are really trying to uh, expand it to uh, a more variety of uh, biomaterial, bio waste, and also uh, produce the packaging um, product has uh, specific applications. So uh, another area uh, we've been um, trying to do is try and really study consumer acceptance on the edible and compost packaging we have developed. And is is that like a market research type of a project? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Because I, I would think, especially at least with uh, the younger demographics, uh, uh, kids, uh, edible packaging would, would seem like a slam dunk and something that they would be excited about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would think I would think so too. But here's one thing that I've always had a, a I, I have a little bit of a provocative question, you know, in a way. Um, one of the things that I have seen as a as a as a challenge and experienced it myself is that texturally and flavor wise, it's just not all that great. So, do you guys have any plans to improve that, especially to get to that, you know? I, I believe very strongly in 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 education and that the way that you have been raised will stick with you for the for the most part, right? I, I see myself being a lot more conservative with resources than many of my American friends or, or family, right? So because that's the way I grew up. But I believe that, you know, if there is there is a generation that you really need to tap into is like the younger people, because if they grow with it, then they are going to carry it through. Right. But again, I see that challenge. Can you tell us, like, do you have any planes or do you already have technologies that circumvent that issue? So, uh, Martha, let, let me try to understand your question a little bit. So are you talking about the whole, uh, our technology can help retaining the flavor no, no, it's more like the the experience of actually eating the package. I don't know anybody that is like, oh, I ate the package. I ate the edible package. Mm, it was delicious. No, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Mata, you 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 just uh, that's really a important question. That's we've been asking ourselves so much. You're so right. Sometimes it's very difficult to change pe- people's, you know, what they grew up and what they believe. Yeah. Uh, so yes. That's why this consumer uh, study, it's very important. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, um, first is understand what's their perspective, right? And so you want to make sure that's one thing we've been doing, you know, we have the technology, especially those uh, single use uh, edible packaging, but uh, convincing consumer to using them, buy them, that's true. That's uh, what we are motivated to do this consumer uh, acceptance or likeness study. And by doing this, it's another way to educating them. That's why I've been putting lots of, I, I willing to spend time to go to uh, give a public speak, to, uh, to, co- to communicate with communities, really help them to understand first is why and what, what. So, so yeah, so let's, we have a long way to go. I fully with you, Martha, yes. So, we, but we're determined to work on that area. Well, I have no doubt considering your past success, Yan Yan, uh, in so many endeavors in food science and technology that you, that you will overcome that hurdle and, and be successful for sure. And the passion that you're showing, you know, I always say that it is so important to have the passion to drive you to those results. Otherwise, you, you got nothing. You got nothing, right? Yes, exactly, Marta. Well, Yanyan, thank you again for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I wish we could go on. Maybe we'll have to have a part two sometime um, and have you back. But thank you again. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us for this month's edition of Pulp Nonfiction, the Paper and Packaging Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next month, but in the meantime, if you would like more information, 
please be sure to visit sustanafiber.com. And don't forget to subscribe and please give us a good rating and a good review. We want to keep bringing this to you and that is the best way that you can help us.